This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Goals and Growth coming to you on 96.9 Plains FM in the heart of Christchurch. And today I have my buddy Mokai right next to us. Kia ora. Right next to me. <laughs> How's it going, Pete? Very good, thanks, mate. Yeah, great to, great to have you here. You've got a busy schedule at the moment. Do you want to share a little about that busy schedule? Yes, well, I am eight months into being self-employed. Woohoo! Bravo! What an, exciting, what an exciting journey that's been. But I'm actually excited to have this quarter with today's discussion topic because I think it's actually it's very relevant for me at this moment. So I'm keen to dive into talking about com- effective communication and understanding one another. Wow. Okay, that is a biggie. So, as listeners will know, we are all about goals and growth. So people are thinking, well, maybe communications, uh, how does that sort of fit in? Kind of, sort of. So, okay, how does it fit in? Well, I think um, for a lot of us, when we set out goals, a good starting point, usually being able to communicate those goals, whether it's um, firstly within, with ourselves, identifying what that goal is, but then also communicating it with the people who are going to help us to get there or to help to keep us accountable towards that as well. So I think it ties in quite nicely to setting goals, wouldn't you say so? I would definitely consider that it's very important. Goals are always about us, but they're also typically about other people. Other people need to know about them and they need to help us uh, achieve those goals oftentimes. And that means we need to explain ourselves clearly what help we might need, how we can help other people, what we're trying to achieve, so that we don't get in people's way and so on and so forth. Maybe we can, as I said, maybe we can collaborate or cooperate and what have you. And when it comes to the Olympics, for example, imagine running a race and you're the only person there. You actually need some competitors, don't you, to really to make it a race. So it's even about uh, competition as well sometimes. So I think it's absolutely important. And there's obviously two sides to it. There's understanding others and being understood by others. So have you learned anything that you'd like to share <laughs> from the last month or so oh, I feel as like... far as opportunities for improvement? When, when you thought someone understood what you meant but actually there was a bit of gap <laughs> as a matter of fact i've got a very real world example <laughs> i thought <laughs> being, you might being myself and which comes full circle with this conversation because i'm i'd like to think of myself as a very good communicator and it's occurred to me on this journey of being self-employed is i've been 8 months into running my business and a lot of people still have no idea what I do 
<laughs> and it's, Would you like to share now? Well, yeah, might as well, actually. So I've been working as a solutions broker, which oh, is... Oh, sorry. You're going to have to... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Let's back that up. Back that up. You're going to have to explain to me and to the rest of Christchurch what a solutions broker is, because I don't think that's a typical job title. No, it's not, because I just invented it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. In, in a nutshell, so my background is in tax and business advisory. In another life, I was working as an accountant. And the, the work of a solutions broker essentially set out to become a business resource for owners and to be the go-to for basically finding business solutions. So I sit down with the business owner, do a quick overview of their business, what are they trying to do, who they are, and then like a mortgage broker, I go out and find the solutions for them. So this can be your, you're needing some finance solutions, you're needing some accounting solutions, you're needing some specialist sort of skill sets. I'll go out and find those skills. And just like a mortgage broker, I get paid by the solution that I connect you to or the, or the advisor. Hmm. And so coming back to the communication piece, and I realized that no one really knew what I was doing because I actually hadn't been communicating it very well uh, up until now, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess because it's new. I mean, people kind of know what accountants do and they know what doctors do, typically, even if they're not a doctor, even if they have, have a vague idea. They, what have, a, they have a vague for. idea, but a solutions broker, and I guess that's something which I'd like to, to, to touch on a little bit later. We always in the space of I don't know, we always try and fill that I don't know with I guess it might be. Yes. Or I think it could be. Or it must be. You know, that sort of thing. So we make assumptions. Yes. And when I hear of solution broker, I'm thinking of something really broad. So when we're talking about business solutions is that could be I have a problem or I have something that needs to be fixed or improved or something like this, then Mordecai arrives, ta-da, and he asks all the right questions. Yes. And he extracts from me the problem. And then Mordecai races off and he has this you know, the, the, sorry, the book of contact. You know, <laughs> I think, you know, he does some sort of magic where he goes, I think this is the perfect fit for, for this particular, to provide this particular solution. Would that be about right? Oh, gosh, I should get you to do my, my PR. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is precisely right. And I think kind of the the, the irony that's kind of happened for me is, Going back to what we we're talking about, understanding people is I'm I'm really good at understanding people and taking time to understand them, what inspires them, what are they trying to achieve, and asking the right questions. But when it's been on the other side, I actually haven't been that effective in my own communication. But in having said that, that's come from and upon reflection before having this conversation, I realized that that's come from myself not being entirely clear of what does this look like because it's a new thing 
I know I know what it is. I know what I want to do. But how do you communicate that to people if you've got no real point of reference? And so it's been a lot of trial and error. But after getting a little bit more clarity within myself, like this is exactly what this is. It, the communication is getting easier and it's getting easier for people to understand. I mean, you just, you've done it. You've just not regurgitated it. <laughs> you've just, <laughs> you just summarized it very concisely. Oh, thank you. So clearly you have communicated well because I've mirrored your communication back to you. So I've absorbed what you've shared with me and gone, is it blah, 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 you know, <laughs> regurgitated or whatever it might be? And I'm not just saying exactly the same words. I've essentially reinterpreted it inside my head and with, with my frame of reference, if you will, I've then shared what I think you mean back to you. And then you can go, yes, maybe no, with a few modifications, yeah. <laughs> or no, it's completely wrong. So how often does that happen? Because cause you're such a lovely person, so I have to say that on air. <laughs> Thank you. Is you, and you're such a great absorber of others. If, can I yes. explain, probably to the listeners, a, bit, a little bit about that. So you love to understand and if you like empathize perhaps to that degree with others really seek to understand fully somebody's perspective yes even at the emotional level and i think that's uh, it can often be really important so because you're so focused on that and it's such a skill that you have is maybe you're not spending the same amount of time and energy in presenting with that. that do, you think, do you think that might be, it's such a comfortable space now because you've honed that over so many years about being able to, if you like, absorb if it, almost like a, a portion of somebody else's sort of self, if you will, in a nice way, that maybe you feel that, you know, they, they talk about seek first to understand and then to be understood. Yeah. Do you think it's more about the first part for you? Is Has that been such an important part that that maybe it's not the the balance isn't quite there for you? That, that you've you know you've done like a, almost like a, a seventy percent or an eighty percent on the seeking to understand, and maybe a twenty to thirty percent on the being understood. Would that be? I, I think that is probably very very true. And for me, I think because it's something that comes natural to me, and up until before turning it into a business, I didn't give it that much thought because it comes it comes natural to me and then now I'm like oh hang on wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) it'll pay to put some thought into this because you're good at understanding other people but how much do people understand about you and I think that's actually ironically enough that's actually been probably fairly prevalent in most of my life is that I, I seek to understand others first 
and I've actually been a fairly private person for most of my life, but now it's like being more intentional and saying, actually, this is, I'm now operating a business and this is how I can help other people and make it a mutually beneficial sort of thing because the more people who are able to understand what I do, the more I can help them as well. And then it's it's like a light bulb moment. It's like, oh, actually, yeah, that's right. So let's let's think about how we how we communicate. And I'm curious. There are a lot of people, and we know them really well, who love to share, who love to say, who who don't go first about the seeking to understand. They want to be understood. <laughs> so it is a common thing for, I think, for a lot of us, probably, I would say the majority of people. You're, you're one of, you know, we're, we're blessed to have people like yourself who do, really, really do the seeking to understand first. But there are so many people who want to be understood first. So <laughs> if they charge into a conversation and they go, I'm this, I want that, and that makes it incredibly easy for the person. And it's not passive. I'm saying it's actually quite an active process, isn't it? Because you're you're seeking that understanding through sort of active listening and you know the questioning and so on and so forth to extract a really effective understanding of the person and what they're trying to express. Because sometimes people actually, when they are expressing it they're all over the place (laughs) yeah it makes sense to them but they've got their life story in their head you have no idea you might have met them for the first time and it's like you're getting these little bits and pieces that seem completely random and you're trying to put it together in a context and you go and actually sometimes it can be really really confusing and even for them they're like uh and you've you've got people that stop some at some moments in the conversation and go where was i (laughs) yeah yeah but what I'm, what I'm most curious of is when you get a situation where you have two people who are absolutely committed to seeking to understand first. What happened? Have you have you had that? Oh, I actually know someone who's <laughs> very similar to myself, yeah. and we how'd we, that work? <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually have an amazing conversation because we're always keen to understand each other so we ask each other a lot of questions but it's it's a is it like tennis serves <laughs> you're allowed one question and i'm allowed one question and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards rather than sort of like all that quite standard process of absorbing and then we go to the other person's so almost like a you know a, a backwards and forwards no yeah. that's uh yeah. that's a very interesting question well with this particular person um it's it's actually you would think it would be like that tennis, but because our intentions are clear that we're we're not asking questions for the sake of asking questions, we actually want to understand. So when I ask him, is blue your favorite color? And he'd be like, yeah, it is. My parents always, you know, bought me blue things. And then, and then for me, it's like, ah, oh, interesting. So, and then you sort of add on to that, like, wow, my my parents liked green or something like that. Um, were your parents really into colors, for instance? And then it it becomes a conversation because we're genuinely interested in getting getting to know this person better. And if I had to, 
use a sea as a for a metaphor, it helps to give context to the person. If if the person was a sea, you've got landmark, you've got buoys, and you've got lighthouses, and then it helps you to sort of map out where you are at sea or how how far from the coast you are, or rather than just an enormous great big patch of blue. Yeah, where you, you go, just well, where am I? <laughs> where just throwing random stuff out in the sea, like yeah. so. Do you? like the weather and you're like <laughs> and you're just not getting any closer to shore okay got it so that's the face to face and it might actually happen over a you know a phone call for example with yourself what happens then when it's not face to face i'm including zoom calls and the face to face type of uh, when it's via emails for example or text messages or some form of text-based communication, maybe through yeah. um, through LinkedIn or something like that. You often use LinkedIn, but yeah. of course you're using videos there as well. But So how does, does, does your way of communicating and being understood, is it, just share with me, um, is it very specific in what order you do things? Do you construct an email and then consider it and then go, okay, no, I need to need to change it because of what I know about the person or what I... In other words, is there quite a considered process of constructing mm. it that you wouldn't normally have or wouldn't think about so much at, at, in a face-to-face verbal communication? Do you, do you get what I mean? Yeah, and yes, there is... A consideration into every because I, I think communication via text, email, it requires a little bit more thoughts because there's no what do they say seventy percent of communication is nonverbal, but without any of those visual cues, it's a lot easier for things to be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And I think I actually think my biculturalism has sort of given me quite an interesting perspective because. If if I talk to my mom back home in Malawi, if you hear me on the phone, I sound very different from if I'm talking to someone here. Or it's the same way to when parents are talking to children versus when they're talking to other adults. Mm-hmm. And I take a similar sort of approach when composing emails or text messages or anything like that. Is sort of is what I'm putting here. Almost taking it like. Where are the spaces for misinterpretation in this sentence that I've just typed up? And then trying to eliminate some of that, like, oh, actually, I didn't specify the time frame for this. Okay, let's put the time frame. Or have I stressed the urgency of this matter? Let's put that in there. All right, but that word might come across very, very dismissive or very harsh because there's no visual cues or any other context. How do you express the urgency? whilst not come across as being confrontational, for instance. Mm-hmm. And and if in doubt, use an emoji. Just put a smiley face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that, that is certainly one way of indicating the emotions that you'd like to present. You know, for example, if there was a smile, so it's you don't want it to be confrontational, you want it to be some sort of pleasant experience. I mean, I'm reminded of... And there's something obviously missing from this, the ABC for 
communication, and it's across the board, I imagine, and that's the accuracy, brevity, and clarity. Yes. But I think if you're connecting with a person, if you're wanting to form a relationship, that's not enough. No. That's necessary, I think. That's a starting point. But I it's think. not sufficient. <laughs> exactly. So you need to develop uh, a trust and warmth. So the, there needs to be a degree of, I suppose, a formulation. If, if I look at accuracy, brevity, and clarity as indicators of competence, there's also how you're constructing, and maybe includes the, the, the emoji, is the character, if you will, mm. of you and, and essentially the character of the message. Is this something where if, if you were sitting next to the person, you know, how would you deliver this, deliver this message yeah. to them? How would you deliver this communication? So in the absence of being able to do it face-to-face and having those nonverbal cues and the smiles and the, and the pauses and so on and so forth, all those intonations, et cetera, et cetera, that we, that we, we automatically pick up as adults because of our conditioning and the, the learning that we've had through our culture, schooling and what have you. That's when I think that we do need, and there's so many emails around, aren't there? Sort of floating around, dozens if not hundreds, and so on and so forth. And I suppose it's incredibly easy. How do you find the time to very deliberately construct the right message by email? Oh, to be completely fair, sometimes it takes longer than others. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the most part, for me, it it definitely does come natural. But sometimes it's like, ooh, you're going back and forth, and it takes you a good ten minutes to compose this email, either because there's a, a certain sensitivity to be taken into account, mm-hmm. or it's maybe there's a a big ask from someone that maybe that you don't know that well, or even just asking for someone who's never met you before to actually trust you. Yeah. And I, I would like to try to approach it from the other person's perspective, right? And think, all right, I'm I'm sending this email to Pete. Pete has probably got another hundred emails in his inbox. He's probably got another two people um, trying to sell him textbooks as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or um trying to sell him running shoes or trying to yeah, ask yeah. trying to ask him if um if he can sell Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how do I get his attention but then also show him why um I'm different, I'm an individual, I actually do care what he thinks about this. And all those different factors come into play, but I think an important part is trying to put yourself in their perspective and not necessarily trying to approach it from me, trying to reach Pete, but like, how might Pete receive this? What are the things that Pete would probably like to hear? What are the things he'd respond well to? And that's, it sounds kind of obvious, but I think it's actually, it's easy to misconstrue the two of them. Absolutely. And it's so easy, if you're seeking to understand being understood, it's a case of so easy to go immediately the self. I'm busy I have to reply to all of these emails I want or I need and therefore purely from my own perspective this is what I want to 
present or I want from this communication rather than actually looking at this as a relationship yeah. uh, and seeing what would be like the goal. I mean, essentially, this is what we're talking about is the goal here is getting someone to do something ultimately, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and through that mutual understanding, they say, well, okay, I think we both agree that this is something we will both put effort into achieving. Mm. So obviously goals, the communication that we have, and that is your accuracy, your brevity, your clarity, but also in a lot of cases anyway, it's either relationship forming or relationship sustaining. Yes. Yeah, would you would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think that's essentially at the core of understanding and wanting to be understood is it's all centered around relationships, creating relationships, the the depth of those relationships or the longevity of those relationships, how you sustain them, how you maintain them, how you build them. And it's the relationship that's at the center of it. And I think if you start with what sort of relationship do I want to have with this person or what sort of relationship is if it's an existing one, and that's probably a great starting point to mm. communicating. And it's a demonstration of respect, isn't it? If you are seeking to understand someone, you're indicating that you care about that person, yes. that that person is worthy of caring for and that worthy of yeah. respect. So you're demonstrating that that person is of value. And I think that's incredibly powerful, the sense of being understood, the sense of belonging, if you know, become part of this relationship, part of a group, for example, or having friendships, people you yeah. can trust and so on and so forth. That, that sense of connection it all spreads out really from those quite small but important little pieces of understanding and being understood that have built this up over time. Would you? Yeah, would you? it's yeah. My my my, my mind is just spinning as you're saying that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and and I think also just coming back to the understanding the relationship between understanding and communication mm -hmm. are one or not one and the same but they go hand in hand mm. and also being aware of how others are communicating to you because it's you communicating to others is one thing but then how others are communicating to you are you are you picking up on everything are you noticing the emojis and what they mean mm. and instead of like just hearing the words or just reading the words as they are, are you picking up on some of those um, things in the peripherals to understand where they're coming from, what they're trying to get across to you, and or what they want or what they need? It well. really is a two-way street, isn't it? Yeah. Very much. And I think sometimes, I'm certainly guilty of not giving enough time, of maybe giving a person a brief amount of time to in seeking to understand them and then rushing in and going yeah well, this is my version now and now you got to listen to me and uh, it's definitely something I need to work on so thank you so much Mordecai it's 
Oh, well, yeah, thank, uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Pete. I would like to state that this was, as usual, we sort of have an idea of how we're going to start this conversation, <laughs> and then it just goes completely somewhere else. But as always, I've enjoyed that. And, yeah, I wonder what we'll talk about next time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come up with something goals and growth related. Anyway, yes. uh, thank you very much, Montecai, for for today. You can go and listen to the podcast on uh, plainsfm.org.nz. That's all for today. Being understood and understanding others. Namihi and bye for now. Namihi. <laughs> <laughs>